This afternoon, I get to go and uh, preach at Winnipeg Inner City Mission, or a place of hope, Presbyterian Church. And uh, so I decided, well, maybe I'll just use the same sermon um, that I'm going to preach here to you. So if you're going with me today, this is not a promotion for you to go, because you're going to hear the same thing. Um, but uh, if you're going today, you're going to hear it again. Um, and uh, I had decided uh, on this text and this uh, theme for today quite a long time ago, um, probably almost two months ago. And um, when I went to prepare the sermon today, uh, suddenly these words about the Ministry of Reconciliation uh, just popped out. And I realized, oh, I'm going to talk to a church today that is uh, more than 90% Aboriginal. Um, and, uh, and so that really takes on a whole new meaning when you're talking about the Ministry of Reconciliation. And uh, so that was really in my mind as I was preparing today. And uh, I'm going to tell them today um, that, I, that I'm pretty humbled to be able to speak with them uh, this afternoon about this reading. Um, but I want to start today by telling you uh, three personal stories. Well, they're kind of stories. Um, one is one that I don't remember, but my mom uh, has told me um, when I was uh, maybe four or five years old, uh, was playing with some kids uh, on our street, and um, one of them was a little girl named Abigail. Um, family was from Ghana, and um, my aunt and uncle were visiting, and my uncle said to my mom, do you see who he's playing with? And are you going to allow that? Because she was black. And uh, my mom said, you better not tell him anything because he doesn't know that there's any difference between black and white. He's only four years old. And uh, the fact that I don't remember that happening means he didn't say anything, which is good. Um, uh, the second thing I wanted to share with you is I grew up um, and went to Sisler High School, which is in the north end of Winnipeg, and um, diversity was normal. Um, in fact, uh, the, if you added up all of the people who were not white in my class, the, the white people were the minority. Um, so I think there was maybe six of us in my, uh, I was in a, a program where most of the kids were all in the same uh, classes, so we move around together, even in uh, grade nine and ten. So we didn't kind of move around with other kids. But my class, I think there was six of us who were white out of a class of maybe about twenty-four, um, and uh, and even amongst the the Caucasian people, none of us were the same background ethnicity. So there was, I think, maybe there was two of us that could could actually say that we were. Uh, connected to England or <laughs> Great Britain. Um, others were Polish, Ukrainian, um, and, uh, and then we had uh, Taiwanese, Chinese, Korean, uh, one First Nations uh, girl. And so d diversity was just normal in my experience of growing up. Um, but I kind of had a, a goal, I think, in high school. I didn't have this in my head as this is what my goal was. But my, my goal in high school was, uh, you know, can, can I have some fun while I'm here? Um, and can I survive while I'm here? 
Uh, I don't know, most, a lot of us might have had those same goals um, when we were in high school. And, uh, you know, so I tried, uh, I tried not to talk to anybody if I could help it. That was, a, that was my strategy in the survival portion of that. Um, and so that diversity was around me, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. It was just, that was just the environment. It wasn't as though this was a thing. And then the third thing I want to share with you is in 1994, um, you can figure out the math. I was 18 in 1994, and um, I got the chance to go to the Presbyterian Church's General Assembly, um, which is the, the gathering of all the Canadian Presbyterians, a bunch of ministers and elders go there, and they vote on matters that have to do with the national church. And in 1994... The church, the Presbyterian Church in Canada, presented a confession to the First Nations people of Canada, basically apologizing for residential schools and our involvement in running two residential schools. My motivation in going to General Assembly was I got a free trip to Toronto. And when the confession was presented, I had no idea what was going on. And it didn't even make, it, when people asked me about General Assembly, it didn't even make the list of things that I cared about. I didn't see any significance in it at all. Interesting that I could grow up around that kind of diversity in my school, and yet I didn't see the significance of what was happening that day, that General Assembly. Basically, I was just unable to put myself in another person's shoes. It was really all about me. I was there to have some fun. And it was, it was pretty easy to survive General Assembly, a church General Assembly. But it was really all about me, and I couldn't really put myself in someone else's shoes. We have been entrusted with something called the Ministry of Reconciliation. And in order to carry out that ministry, we have to be able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. This uh, series that we're working through in November is um, we're talking about Jesus being king. And this text got selected because of the very end of this text. It talks about how we are ambassadors who are bringing a message of reconciliation to people. And in a lot of ways, we are ambassadors of this king, of King Jesus an ambassador is somebody who represents someone else. So if you're the king's ambassador, when you are acting as the ambassador, you, you're there on behalf of the king. You speak for him and you act for him. And I find it so interesting, this word ambassador is not used very much in the New Testament. In fact, this version of the word is only used in this passage. It, ambassador shows up other places, but this particular version of that word only shows up here. And it's a great word. I didn't realize this when I selected the text, but it's presbyomen. Does that sound uh, familiar? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a root, uh, one, of the, one of the derivatives of the word where we get Presbyterian from. And its literal sense is actually, uh, means older one <laughs> or elder, which is why we have in the Presbyterian church we are governed by elders. And the implication of this is that um, in Greek culture in particular, older meant wiser. And so this idea of an ambassador, a presbyomen, is the older passing on wisdom to the younger. The one who knows, who has the message of reconciliation, bringing that message to someone who doesn't know. Um, in the end, it isn't really about age, is it? It's about someone who knows bringing a message that someone may not know. But what is this ministry of reconciliation? What is it? And what is the message of reconciliation? Paul uh, talks about this. He says, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Now, we, we get the, the, the last part, not counting their trespasses against them. So people have sinned, people have done wrong. And now in Jesus, what happens is that God doesn't count those against us anymore. He forgives it. Eugene Peterson in The Message, um, which is a, a translation of the Bible that Eugene Peterson did, he uses a, a different phrase to describe reconciliation, which I think is really helpful. He says that what God did, God settled the relationship with us. He settled the relationship with us. That's kind of what this, uh, this word reconciliation is about. So it encompasses forgiveness, but it's not just forgiveness. It's, it's getting to a point of being able to settle the relationship. It's about fixing the relationship. It's about healing the relationship. And that in Christ, what God did was he healed the relationship with the world, with us. And so when we get to verse 18 in our passage, it says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So not only are we reconciled to God in Christ, not only do we have that relationship fixed that was broken, we have now been entrusted with that same message to take out into the world to share with other people so that they too can know that God has repaired their relationship with them. That's what it means to be an ambassador with this message. In 1994, I didn't know what I was seeing, but what I got to see was the ambassador's message change from we know what's best for you to I'm sorry. The church was the ambassador of Christ's message 
but we didn't do it very well. See, the, the old way of approaching the message was, was really kind of saying, well, yes, there's this, uh, we didn't use the terms ministry of reconciliation even, but we would say, you have to receive Christ, and when that happens, you need to become a certain way. So our, when we hear things like the old is gone and everything has become new, the way the church used to operate was we would enforce that new way on others and say, well, we know what that means. Your old life is now gone, and you now have to have a new life that we are going to teach you. We know better than you. And so what the church did was we enforced that on others. Rather than seeing this phrase, the old is gone and everything has become new, we should have seen that as freedom from anything in our past that is hindering us or hurting us. We didn't view it as God's gracious gift to set people free. What we viewed it as was, here is our project of being good, of telling people this is wrong and this is right and you better do this and you better give up that. And we became the judges rather than leaving that up to God. We didn't view everything becoming new as God's gracious gift to people. We viewed it as our project to enforce upon people. It's interesting how much what we did as the church is, is, is like what certain Christians were doing around the time of Jesus and around the time of Paul's writing, in particular these, these letters to the Corinthians. There were certain Christians who were saying, well, yes, you need to believe in Jesus, but here are the things that you need to do in order to be in. They were saying, first, you've got to be circumcised. And you have to follow all of these certain food practices that the God's people have been following for years. But what ended up happening was Jesus, through primarily the Apostle Paul, brought in this understanding that actually that's not the case. That salvation that's given from God is but a free gift that you are reconciled to God solely by God's action in Jesus Christ. And we can't put any other requirements on it. We can't say you've got to be this way, you've got to follow these traditions. The Jesus message is that God is reconciling anyone and everyone to himself, and it doesn't matter who you are. God is doing everything he can do to heal the relationship between you and him. All of that reconciliation is actually on God's side. Jesus, this is why Jesus dies. Jesus dies for this, to heal the relationship between us and God. And yes, we're changed, but we're, in a sense, not changed in who we are. We are changed in our heart, and we're changed in how we are in relation to God and others. It means that we ought to listen to others. We ought to care for others. 
It means we do everything we can not to impose things that are cultural values and live our own lives by the values of the gospel, which are always loving and care and compassion for the other. Ambassadors always have an agenda. They work within the government's foreign policy. And they usually have a certain message that they have to stick to. And that's essentially what we do as ambassadors as well. We have an agenda. We have a certain policy. And we have a certain message that we have to stick to. But I think what we miss is that we are, in fact, ambassadors to one another. Even when we go out into the world and we're talking to somebody who doesn't really even know about Jesus, quite often, at least in my encounters, somebody knows something. People know something about God or have a sense of something about God. And it can't just be a one-way conversation. Of, I'm now going to tell you the way it is. It has to be a two-way conversation. We're ambassadors to one another. We're ambassadors to one another in here, and we're ambassadors to one another out in our lives, in how we live and in what we say. And we have a core message. Paul uses this Code word, the core message is the ministry of reconciliation or the message of reconciliation, and that is that God fixes relationships. God heals the broken relationship between us and him. And when we go out and we're ambassadors for God, the king, we bring that with us. Our relationships need to, be, need to receive that kind of healing as well. Our human relationships need to reflect that God relationship where he's fixed the relationship with us, so we have to work to fix relationships with one another. This, I think, is in the end what, when we hear about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or reconciliation and healing, this in the end, I think, is what that is about, or it needs to be about when Christians are involved. It's because we know that God has come to us to heal our relationship with him. We, too, need to go to others to heal our relationship with them. And it isn't easy. It isn't easy. It takes time. I went in 1994, and I didn't see it at all. And it's 21 years later. And some of us will say, well, why are we still talking about this? I actually heard people say that in 1994, why are we still talking about this? And yet now I've met people who are still continuing to struggle and are in pain. I think we're still talking about it because there's going to be people like me, like I was in 1994, only really looking at my own life and not putting myself in others' shoes. Our text today begins with this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. We regard no one from a human point of view. I think we still talk about this and need to continue talking about it because not everyone was like I was when I was four or five years old where 
I went and played and didn't know that there was racial conflict because I was a four-year-old. We still talk about this because we learned that over our lives and it's still being taught to people to distrust the other. And we need to undo that distrust. We do it because God first loved us. In a lot of ways, God is the ultimate other. We are completely other to God, and yet he came to us and loved us first. God has done everything he can possibly do for the sake of a relationship with us, and we need to be able to do that for other people. We may not always say it with words, but we also need to say it with our actions.